the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome to another edition of the Spot Track Podcast. My name is Mike Giannetti. It is almost 1 p.m. Eastern on Monday. We're late on purpose. I got a sniff this morning before I uh, started to record that this Jalen Hurts contract was about to come down. Obviously, that's going to be the focal point of today's segment. I will do a, a bit on the back end of some other extension candidates in the NFL as we kind of approach the start of offseason workouts, obviously the draft in about a week and a half. Uh, it's a good time for teams to lock in their superstars, and that's what we saw start today with the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's get into it with a disclaimer. Um, there, are al- there are two right answers sometimes when it comes to NFL contract. I, honestly, plenty more than that because of the uh, various angles and the practicality and the non-guarantees and all that stuff. Um, We've been on a uh, on the top of a mountain here for about 15 years, maybe about 10 of those specifically, with how we're going to treat, report, promote, publicize, analyze NFL extensions based on new years, new money. Now, the visuals that I've received from the NFLPA versus the NFL, two separate two separate organizations, remember, in terms of how things are publicized versus how we've treated it, there have been variances, you know, and it's, it's kind of a case by case scenario. So off the top here, there are two ways to analyze some of these other quarterback contracts. Obviously, the Mahomes one comes up every single time a quarterback deal is, is signed and it came up again today. Uh, and if you want to contrast and compare, you can go ahead and do that. At the end of the day, here's my one sentence on Patrick Mahomes contract as you're trying to compare to any of these new deals that are about to sign in the next couple of weeks. Patrick Mahomes is going to make $480 million if he does nothing right now. Okay. At least 450, I should say that last year, give or take is basically a, uh, got to be on the roster to make it. If he does nothing contractually speaking, if he just goes out and plays football, he's going to make 435 to $450 million off of this one, his second contract. You can say he left $100 million on the table because of where the market is now versus where he signed it and where it's going to be in four years versus where he signed it. All true. There's no question in my mind that every year that passes, Patrick Mahomes' deal gets a little bit less, less valuable. He's still going to make $450 million. It's just a ton of money. Okay? So that's the, one, that's the only takeaway here. And if I'm him, and I think Mike Trout's in the same boat, very similar player, less, obviously less success. We're done. You know, we're done. Unless something goes horribly wrong on our side or their side or or the money really just is just is ridiculous, right? If we're in $75 million per year in four years, which I guess isn't out of the question, then we can redo some of these things. But Patrick Mahomes signed a lifetime contract that is generational wealth. So yeah, you're right. There's value in it. That also helps, right? <laughs> the Chiefs get a little bit easier, financially speaking, every single offseason because of the way this contract is structured. That's it. I gave, you, I gave you more than one sentence. I didn't want to do it. The focal point here, the variance I have to discuss here is Kyler Murray, a contract we have talked about quite a bit, maybe as much as the Mahomes contract. Uh, I missed something. Now, I'm not wrong. The NFLPA is not wrong. The NFL is not wrong. There were basically three different numbers being passed around here in terms of guarantees. If you see the file contract, and I've seen it, I've seen the actual 
the actual legalese contract version of Kyler Murray. It does say on the actual contract that this dude is has a practical guarantee of $189 million that includes injury guarantee, early vesting, you know, roster bonuses, things like that. There's a bunch built into this sucker. He's going to make that money. The structure of the contract is exactly as it looks on SpotTrack and, it, and it's as it's been since day one on SpotTrack. Nothing's changing in that regard. However, the $189.8 million that we had as practical guarantees out of the gate that the league also has, that the actual contract also has, is a misrepresentation based on how I started this segment, which is we have to come down to new guarantees, new years, new total value dollars. That's a miss by me on this one. All right. So if I'm saying it's five for 230.5 is total value, even though, right, it's actually seven years, 265 and change, because he signed this thing after his third year, he had a fourth year plus the fifth year option. And that's where this, this mistake comes in. And again, it's not an incorrect statement, but I have to be true to how we process things, which is new, 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 new. Not, not exactly rip up and start over unless that's the exact case. So on April 27th, the Arizona Cardinals exercised the fifth-year option for, for Kyler Murray. He didn't sign the extension until that July. So technically speaking, he was guaranteed his fourth-year salary, $5.5 million, plus this $29.7 million fifth-year option. Those guarantees were already on the books for him. So I have to now pull them out of this extension just because that's how we do business at SpotTrack, not because it's incorrect or right. You may see other people doing it differently. I can tell you right now that the league has him at 189 and the contract itself says 189 because that is where things stood, right? That is where things stood. So we've drawn back our number. Because the new guarantee in practical, practically speaking, on Kyler Murray's contract, when you subtract the fourth year salary and the fifth year option from the rookie contract is just under 160 million. So there's a lot of back and forth on that. We're going to stick with this number now permanently for, for going forward based on the way I just laid it out. He's still going to make 220 guys, right? I promise you that he's got the Mahomes early vesters. He's got everything you want out of a quarterback contract for the next five seasons, one done, five more to go in really strong structural guarantees. So this is going to be a six for 220, really however you want to slice this thing. But from an upfront standpoint, from a contract term standpoint, we have lowered his practical guarantees down from 180 to 159 and change. And why is it a big deal? Because where does the Jalen Hurts contract come in? Let's talk about it. We don't know the breakdown yet. I kind of know the breakdown. I can tell you right now. Um, I, can th I think I could sit in uh, Excel right now with a, with a blank, blank spreadsheet and pr get pretty damn close to the next six seasons of Jalen Hurts um, because of how the, the Eagles do their business. They've got right guards right now with a signing bonus, two option bonuses, four void years. It's just they are, they are maxing out the signing bonus proration process as much as possible on any player that they feel is going to be here for more than one season. That's just the way they're going. They are going all in on cap gymnastics and to their credit, because obviously going all in from a free agent standpoint last season, got them to the Super Bowl, got them to the point of where they knew their quarterback could hang, 
got them to the point where they figured out their offensive line should be brought back. Their defensive line, for the most part, should be brought back. Darius Slay should be brought back. Maximizing cash cap and roster, really over the past two seasons, has afforded them visibility. And here we are with the biggest contract from an average standpoint in the history of the NFL. It's a clean 51 a year. It's five years, 255, and new years, new money. He had an advantage, Jalen Hurts. And this sounds backwards thinking, but his the advantage was he was the number 53 overall pick in 2020. Second rounder, only got a four-year contract from rookie standpoint. Didn't have that fifth-year option. It was going to be this season, then the franchise tag for Jalen Hurts. So that kind of deadline kind of forced Philly's hand. Now, they were ready to do it anyway. I think they were saying this a minute after the Super Bowl. It's time to sign our quarterback. But... um you know, it's one of those cost benefits where your rookie contract's going to be lower, but you're not going to be kind of pigeonholed into that four plus one plus one plus one, which is four years, the, fr- the fifth year option, the franchise tag and a franchise tag, something we've seen Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, maybe Lamar Jackson going through here. So we'll see where we go from there. By the way, Dak and Kirk, not first rounders, so that you can exclude the fifth year from those contracts, but double tags. So Jalen gets this deal. Uh, the 255 is third in total value. Mahomes, Allen slightly, then Hurts. Again, it's guarantees we care about, though. 179.3 is the practical guarantee, and it's all brand new, right? So if you factor in what, what I believe was about 4 million, 4.3 million in non guarantee, okay? That was non guaranteed his fourth year salary on the rookie contract. As the number 53 pick, Jalen Hurts received $2.8 million guaranteed at signing on his rookie deal, a $1.9 bonus, and his 2021 base salary. He played all of last season on a non-guarantee. He played all, and he was about to play this season on a non-guarantee before this contract. So that's the difference between middle of the first round and middle of the second round. It's a big difference from a guarantee standpoint, even as a rookie. 179.3 in practical guarantees on this new contract. My guess is that's over the course of the next four seasons, which brings us in at about 45 a year and adjusted AAV for guarantee purposes. That's now second all time. If we've adjusted Kyler Murray appropriately based on new guarantees, it's now second all time behind only Watson, which many people are going to punch in the punch a hole in and say it's an anomaly. We're not even going to can even use it in negotiation purposes. That's clearly what happened here. Now, you can say Jalen Hurts and the agents gave him, gave the Eagles a bit of a deal. I would concur, especially when talking about the signing bonus, which comes in under $24 million. And that's going to be a talking point. And it's a good talking point because there's going to be a little bit less one-year money. It sounds like there's a little bit less two-year money. It sounds like maybe 64 over two, which that's Patrick Mahomes type stuff. All right. That's really, really, really team-friendly stuff from a cash perspective. Sounds like things really kick in in 2025 from a cash perspective on this Hertz deal. I got to see the structure to tell you more. But the tea leaves that I'm reading sounds like 23 and 24 are going to be light. Now, that 23.3 signing bonus, it's 40 million less than Dak Prescott. I think Burrow and Herbert are going to have 70 something, maybe 80 on the bonus because that's how those traditional contract structures like to be treated. The Eagles don't do business this way. I already kind of buried the lead in this. There's going to be a bonus now, 23 and change. There's going to be a bonus next year, maybe the same one. There's going to be a bonus in 2025. And there's probably going to be a bonus in 2026. All right. We've seen Lane Johnson, uh, Jordan Mailata, Darius. We've seen multiple, multiple Eagles over the past six months even go signing bonus and three option bonuses. 
not all of them guaranteed at signing, you know, as we'll get to in a second, but available to the Eagles to allow them to say either, hey, we're going to take this whole bonus as base salary this year because we're not sure about this player's future. We don't want to put more dead dead cap bonus probation on the deal right now. Or we do. We're, we're, we're satisfied with another two years of this player. We're going to pump this, this option bonus out five more years using void years, keep our cap low, keep the train rolling. You know how this works. So that's my expectation on this deal without seeing the structure is that it's, you know, lower third signing bonus that turns into four bonuses, which when you add them up might be a hundred dollars in total bonus might be hundred million dollars. When you talk about three, four, five, and six, a signing bonus and three option bonuses. That's my guess. That's how the Eagles have been doing their business of late for a while, but of late actually ramping it up to that degree. So let's give them a little bit of credit for what looks like a lower cash flow this year, probably a lower cash flow next year because we've got Daniel Jones, 82 over two here. Okay. Really more than that, if you factor in the third year guarantee that could be handed to him on an outright release after 2024. So he's not going to be in the two-year, three-year cash conversation in terms of top five quarterback pay. It doesn't sound like he's going to be close to that. What he's getting is obviously a pay increase now, right? I mean, he's already making $20 million more than he was going to make off the rookie contract. A good chunk of coin next year, you know, probably less than what a franchise tag would have offered him. We got to take a, take a note of that. And then, of course, a big, big time increase in 2025 and 2026 when my guess is all of this locks in March 2024, right? There may be 110 guaranteed at signing right now. Let's take that as a signing bonus, next year's option bonus, next year's salary, 2025's option bonus, okay? All wrapped into that 110, which is a phenomenal number. Again, that's third all time. By next March, the reports tell us it's 126 guaranteed. So there's at least 16.5 coming. My guess is that's the 2025 salary, All right, We're going to see probably 48 million per year over the next three, four seasons. It's a really nice deal. It's a really great deal. Um, you can punch holes in it as you need. We'll try to do that a little bit once we see the structure. I can tell you right now, especially now with the Murray situation somewhat deflated, this is about as good as Jalen Hurts could have done in any setting. Certainly going to the Super Bowl helped. Certainly having the year and the, and the cast of characters around him last year greatly helped this process. But he is the first draft pick from 2020 extended on his own team. I don't think a lot of us saw this coming two years ago. Maybe not even a year ago. He has put in the work. He has the aptitude to handle this kind of situation as we saw. He's not just a running quarterback. He's not going to be a deep threat quarterback for his whole career. This is not a contract for his whole career. If he plays out every single dollar of this contract, and I think there's a chance he does so, unless he's excellent and needs a new one in three years. But let's say the Eagles use their bonus proration and just keep pushing things down, 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 down. Let's say he plays out all six years. He'll be 30. <laughs> okay. So if you're worried about this guy declining physically, sure, an injury can do that. And we've seen that, unfortunately, too many times with these style of quarterbacks. But if it doesn't, and he's just this kind of versatile quarterback, either A, he's going to bank in before this at 28 years old, or B, the Eagles can squeeze every ounce of athleticism out of him for six more seasons. He'll be in the 20 for 95% of those. He'll be 20s for those. It's win-win. This guy was the right age 
peaked at the right time. It helped that he was a second round pick for a lot of reasons. And he clearly didn't demand, right? Agents, team, and Jalen Hurts didn't demand. Everything has to get maxed out, right? They gave me the keys. I drove the car to the Super Bowl. You got to max me out. This is my one time to, to dial it in. He's going to make a ton of coin. It's not exactly top of the market everywhere it needed to be. It's top of the market at 51 million per year for a minute and a half until Burrow and Herbert probably blow past that. Maybe even Lamar. All of them are going to have more guarantees, in my opinion. So the fact that Jalen Hurts was first is going to hurt him. He's he's happy. I promise you this is this is a win-win. The Eagles knew this had to get done. They were brilliant and stating out loud, we're gonna we're gonna pay our quarterback. Have you heard the Bengals say this yet? I haven't. Have you heard the Chargers say this yet? I haven't. It's a beautiful tactic, okay? Because it's the, it's the elephant in the room. We all know this is coming. Okay, you're not not going to pay an elite quarterback, even if your roster is not prepared for it. You know, and I think the Chargers might be going backwards a little bit more than forwards. But there's a lot to like here about what how the Eagles handled this, and now how the agent and Jalen Hurts have handled their side of this. Again, structure matters. We don't have everything in front of us. We do have two more items to discuss quickly. There's a full no trade clause in this deal, all six years. It's the first no trade clause in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles. So there's a bit of a compromise. There are 15 million in incentives. I assume that's playing time, uh, maybe passing yards if they wanted to get a little funky with that kind of stuff. And then playoffs, NFC championships, Super Bowls, similar to what Mahomes package looks like. Uh, I would assume that's what we're talking about, probably starting in 2024 and then carrying through the remainder of that contract. But you can add another 15 to this. So you're talking 280 and change uh, plus the four and a half million, right? So you can add 20 to this. It's really about 275 and change in max value over the next six seasons. If it all, if it all gets said and done, it's a great deal. It's a great deal. Again, we'll, we'll readdress this with a number by number breakdown once we have this wild bonus structure that's certainly going to include some void years and all that fun stuff. So if you're a uh, cap gymnastics nerd, stay tuned because this one's going to be fun to break down in a couple of days here. All right, switching gears quickly. Let's stick with the NFL. I, I posted a piece late last week breaking down a bunch of these extension candidates in the NFL, one of whom was Jalen Hurts. Um, by the way, market value for Jalen Hurts from a calculated standpoint was $44 million per year. 44 per year. Why? Because Deshaun Watson broke the system, <laughs> right? Um, you know, you don't base a player like this against Aaron Rodgers, who's making 50.1. You base him off the rookie extensions that we've, we're dealing with right now. Now this is the new platform for the rookie extension. Jalen Hurts' number now drives Burrow and Herbert and Tua and even Dak to some degree, who's in the market here for another extension for cap purposes in Dallas. Way up, way up. It took a it took a real swing here to move the market because Mahomes had sort of stabilized things at forty five million for a long time, and statistically speaking, and this isn't going to surprise people, putting Mahomes against everybody else in the league was dangerous to those players. It was damaging, you know. Comparing statistically speaking, Patrick Mahomes to Jalen Hurts, it really wasn't fair. It deflated Jalen Hurts' calculated value. As a, as a, that's what the algorithm is supposed to do, by the way. If you're going to get the top of the market contract, you're supposed to be playing not only to, but above the top of the market, statistically speaking. Now, there's intangibles. There's a lot to it. But he wasn't there. He wasn't even north of Mahomes 45, let alone getting to Rogers 50. But we're here now. He was, you know, war he warranted a top of the market deal for 
all the things we talked about in the last 15 minutes were here. So he now, we now have a rookie extension at 51 million per year at hundred million guaranteed. So Burrow and Herbert specifically move up two, three million per year, just based on Hertz, just based on resetting the market with the second contract. So if the calculated values for those players are all around 44 and they were from a mathematical standpoint, we're now in the 46s of the 47s. So I don't expect Burrow average salary wise to blow this contract out of the water. I don't think it will. Uh, they're all really tight and very different styles. You know, Herbert and Burrow have more of a traditional, though Burrow can really get out there when he needs to. It wouldn't be fair, I think, to evaluate all these quarterbacks in the same vacuum. But mathematically speaking, they were close. They were tight. Again, though, style, style, right? Style of terms. Josh Allen took six new years against you know his, uh, his two years remaining, eight years total. Hertz takes five pluses, one, six total. Mahomes went way big out, right? 12 years total. There's a lot of ways to do this. Uh, and it's really the preference of the team and what they're going to demand in terms of having the flexibility versus having a shorter deal with void years that they can control as they need to, similar to how the Philadelphia Eagles always do their business. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if Herbert's more of a traditional five-year punch out with, you know, with two years remaining. Does Burrow go more the Allen Mahomes route? Is it like eight years out, 10 years total? I think that's possible in Cincinnati who's, who are really going to want to establish term, uh, especially if they have to break a little bit on their guarantee structure policy. So it's less about, to me, the average salary. I don't think anybody's going 55 right now, even though you can argue that Burrow has done more here. Um, and certainly Lamar with his MVP and, and his style of play. But I think we're going to be pretty tight. It's how big do these contracts get total-wise, term-wise, length-wise, and what do they look like in terms of team friendliness? Because it sounds like the Hurts one for the next two seasons does offer plenty of that. Who else is on this extension list? I've got one running back. I've only got Saquon Barkley, and I did an entire piece on him. We talked about him last week on the show. Uh, that piece is still active, still alive. Uh, there's a lot of you out there that responded with, this is never going to get done. The $12.5 million per year, the $13 million per year, it's never going to get done. This was basically offered to him in November. I remember that. I think it's accurate. Um, he said no. He thought he could drive his value higher. I believe he has. That's why I didn't predict a $12.5 million per year contract. I, I predicted thirteen and a half. That could come down, uh, but less guarantee. But you could build in those guarantees with some incentives he could make pretty easily if he just becomes the same player again from last season. It doesn't seem like Giants fans alone think this is going to get done. So will he play on the tag? Yes, he has to because age is against him. So if you're Josh Jacobs, if you're Saquon Barkley, certainly for Tony Pollard rehabbing that injury, I think you're just going to have to live and die on this franchise tag right now and hope that, they, that you do enough that your team doesn't slap the second one on you, that you can boast enough leverage heading towards age 27, which is dangerous waters, to at least get yourself the two-year guarantee you sought this year. Can you get it this time next year without having to deal with a second franchise tag? It's unlikely. Uh, I'm, a, I'm pessimistic about all this stuff. But you know you know all the names, right? Barkley's on this list. Josh Jacobs, the, the rushing leader, is on this list. I, the Raiders are so finicky and sort of all over the place with how their contracts live right now, especially offensively, that I don't know that it even makes sense for Josh Jacobs to sign a contract in Las Vegas. I think playing out this tag proving you can continue to take that next step, especially as a receiving option, is only going to affect him positively, 
even if they give him the second franchise tag next season. So uh, I think for all intents and purposes, these three players are just going to have to live and die on the 10 million. And we'll see where this goes next year. CeeDee Lamb, though, uh, speaking of Dallas Cowboys, he's got to be next up here. The wide receiver market's been quiet. Obviously, it was all the rage last offseason, and they really extinguished themselves in terms of players that were available for contracts this year. Look, Justin Jefferson, okay, is not being... Have you even heard that name in the past three months? Honestly, have you heard it since the, since the Vikings flamed out? Justin Jefferson is extension eligible, just like Burrow, just like Hertz, just like all these players that we've kind of referenced. Haven't heard a single thing about Justin Jefferson, the generational wide receiver of this era. I mean, how is that possible? I'll tell you why it's possible. We had a conversation about this about a month and a half ago on this show. And it's, does Justin Jefferson think it's smart to sign there right now? I think Kirk Cousins is on his way out after this year. Are they going to hit the reset button in totality next year in Minnesota? Sounds like Dalvin Cook might not even make this roster, whether it's an outright release or a trade around draft time. I think the pieces are starting to fall off here pretty quickly, even though there's a lot to like still. And Jefferson being the linchpin of that conversation. Where are those contract negotiations? Okay, this guy had 1,800 yards, 128 catches, eight touchdowns. Okay, he's the top graded PFF wide receiver again. How is it that it's the middle of April and we've talked 0% about this guy getting a contract extension? It's impossible to me. He's here. He's in this conversation at some point, or his trade is in this conversation at some point. But CeeDee Lamb should, should absolutely be in this conversation. They cleared house in terms of bringing back Gallup on a really friendly deal and trading Amari Cooper last season to sort of unlock CeeDee Lamb's capabilities. And he responded. He's, an, he's in WR1, whether he's with Dallas or any other roster, he's a WR1. So uh, now he's got Brandon Cooks to sort of fortify that a little bit. They got the Houston Texans to pay off some of his salary. All signs should be pointing to a Lamb extension, and it's not going to be cheap. This player was a $16 million wide receiver a year and a half ago. I remember vividly because I remember thinking to myself, I'm going to get killed for this one. (laughs) That's way too low. It's just what the math said. It's just where we were. Cooper was taking a lot of receptions away from him. He He was not a good route runner at that time on this Dallas team. There was an offensive coordinator situation that wasn't working out. There was just a lot of growing up that had to happen. It's here. He's everything they want him to be. It's time to pay him. I wouldn't wait a year on this thing, like, especially if you have to do Dak next offseason and push that train down a little bit. Uh, it's certainly time. He's a four for 90 right now in our system. That's about Stefan Diggs' extension with the Bills. If we're talking about rookie extension wide receivers, though, A.J. Brown at 25. Uh, Justin Jefferson's going to reset that, obviously, whether it's now, whether it's later. You know, Terry McLaurin's at 22.7. DK Metcalf got $24 million per year out of Seattle. He's not even the, the number one option on that roster right now. Uh, certainly your Godwins and your Mike Williams are at $20 million, $40 million guaranteed. There's a lot of numbers that live right around this 22 and a half that CeeDee Lamb uh, you know, you know, kind of gets to. If I'm his agent, I'm looking at DK Metcalf and saying, that's it. That's where we start. You, know, you want to talk AJ Brown? That's fine. That's divisionally a, a contract you should be going up against. Not quite sure he's done that his sample size is big enough. But I don't think A.J. Brown's was either. And he had injuries impacting his, pro- his process. So uh, he got inflated a little bit by the trade and the compensation that was given up to get him in the door in Philly. CeeDee Lamb has a little bit of leverage in that regard because they gave up Amari Cooper to keep this guy. So if you want to tell me this guy's four for 100 or, or, or we're tacking out five for 125 with you know, 60, 70 million of that locked in guaranteed from practical standpoint, 
it's probably about right. So he's on the list. He's on the short list, in my opinion, of offseason extensions. And, and that should reignite this wide receiver market just a little bit, as uh, certainly it's been a down year in that regard. But where is Justin Jefferson? And if you're a Vikings uh, fan or if you're a Vikings reporter listening to this, why isn't this a bigger story? Because are you afraid that you're about to lose this guy? Probably should be. I don't think it's a hot take to say that this guy's looking around the room and reading the situation and his agents are telling him, hey, we should pause. We should pause. A, because CeeDee Lamb's going to reset this thing possibly. And B, because there may be better waters to tread in soon. And this might not be the place to lock yourself into $75 million guaranteed right now. So uh, something to think about for sure as we approach the, uh, the heart of the offseason here. One more wide receiver on this list, Michael Pittman Jr. I, I don't even know what to do with the Colts. Um, obviously, we're going to find out what they're thinking at the number four pick that could become the number three pick with Arizona. And that probably means brand new quarterback who's, I, I guess, going to start out of the gate, though they did bring in Gardner Minshew, if I'm remembering that correctly, uh, who could certainly take some snaps. We'll see if that's the route they go. Nick Foles is still on this roster, so I guess he could take some snaps. Seems like the Sam Ellinger you know, project was one and done, but he's still under contract right now. Obviously, that's where all this is stemming from. They have to address the quarterback situation. They've got some offensive line issues, contractually speaking. They've got some good offensive linemen. They've got some great defensive linemen. Uh, they lost a couple of defensive backs in recent off seasons, and certainly with this one. Are they going to address that in the draft? Can they kind of keep the, thing, the, uh, the wheels going on what is a... I don't know, fringe division contender. That That is what they look like. And by the way, Jonathan, Ta or Jonathan Taylor entering a contract season. So there's another fringe extension candidate, though I'm not sure that's the right time. But it's a weird roster. It kind of reminds me of the Raiders in some regard, though the Raiders have a little bit more pot invested in some players. It seems like this could be a transitional period where they're going to bridge some things together for 2023. And then if it goes even worse. They're going to rip this Band-Aid off on a ton of defensive contracts and start some things over. And if not, if they can tread water a little bit, look for them to be maybe the Jags, maybe that right that team that just sort of piles on a little bit. The Falcons to some degree this year, they're doing exactly what we all thought they were going to do, which is just fortify the defense with experienced players. And uh, they're going to hammer that in the draft as well, if, especially if they don't readdress the quarterback situation and they arrive at Desmond Ritter. So can they draft a quarterback now? And then can they pile things on in 2024 and kind of resuscitate themselves in Indianapolis over the next 18 months? That's a, it's a, certainly a roster construction watch from somebody like me over the next while here. Defensive players, Nick Bosa. I don't know why it's not done. San Fran is usually pretty good about this stuff. There's a Brandon Ayuk conversation to be had with a fifth-year option and maybe an extension. They're, you know, they brought in Javon Hargrave. They're going to continue to draft players. They just continue to make the defensive line a priority. I think Bosa's done more than enough now. There were certainly injury scares out of the gate. He's going to be a $30 million per year player. I mean, the guarantees are going to be plus $100 million. It's going to be more than his brother got. It's going to be up there with the Aaron Donald-type contract. It's going to be past, way past Miles Garrett. So look for this one to really reset things from a defensive edge standpoint. And then Quinnen Williams, the Jets' defensive tackle. It's been the year of the defensive tackle, right? Jeffrey Simmons, the latest. We do have that breakdown it's a phenomenal deal for a team that's, you know, in that Indianapolis Colts Bowl, except, except they're going to have to ride Ryan Tannehill for one more season. Uh, Simmons gets $60.5 million over the next three. Most of that is practically guaranteed. Uh, and then it's basically two for 46 after that, just kind of uh, maybe, right, as he approaches age 30. But 
anytime you're talking about a, an adjusted AEV of north of 20 million for the number 20, number 19 overall pick here, a defensive tackle, an interior defensive tackle, it's uh, it's a very good contract. So that's just one benchmark more for Quinn and Williams to build to build off of. Now you've got a couple of Washington Commanders deals in this regard. Chris Jones is probably going to need to reset that market at the top of it soon. I think Quinn and Williams can get 26, 27 million a year. I really do. He's been that much better for that much longer. And if you factor in bad Jets teams when he started his career, and now as the team improves, as the roster improves, his stock and his stats and his production have gone up with it. So I think the better the team gets, the better Quinn and Williams is going to get. And you better sign that player now before they do something magical possibly in 2023. And then you're stuck with an expiring contract and a defensive player that now has to approach Chris Jones numbers, which could be 30, 31 million a year. So I think 26 for a year for Quinn and Williams should be considered fair market value for the Jets right now. And it's something I expect them to be dropping on us. Probably, I don't know, do they do the Rodgers situation first and then deal with it? Maybe, though I don't think Quinn Williams is going to show up too much of these offseason workouts until some kind of contract is resolved. So I expect that to be maybe our next extension in the next couple of weeks or days here. So it's a decent list. Uh, we'll continue to add to this as reports come out. Certainly as players fall off this list, I'll try to replace them. Uh, you know, I didn't have, I didn't add to a kind of out of respect. I just don't think it's the right time to be talking about his extension. We obviously want to see him play healthy because when he's healthy, Miami's a, a contender in this division. I mean, they, they stuck at the Buffalo, especially for that first half of the first matchup in 2023. Tua was dominating that Buffalo Bills defense. I saw it in person and we saw a few times, a few games where before he got injured, and unfortunately that happened too many times last year, he was really controlling the pace of the game and controlling an offense now that has, a ton of weapons, <laughs> right? A ton of weapons. If you haven't noticed the Dolphins offseason moves, it is starting to look and smell a lot like the Philadelphia Eagles of 2022's offseason. And I expect them to be even more stealthy this coming draft. I don't think they're going to be making a lot of draft picks. I think it's going to be about bringing in more bodies. So uh, keep an eye on Miami. And if you haven't noticed their offseason moves, take a look at the roster, take a look at their depth charts, all those things that, uh, you know, fantasy, the fantasy world likes to ramp up this time of year. If two is healthy and he lets Burrow and Hurts and Herbert and hopefully Jackson push this thing even more forward and he has a year that we think he can have if he's healthy, he's going to be the lone duck next year sitting there with Trevor Lawrence basically saying, where's my 60 million a year? You know, where's my 55 million a year? Where's my 125 million guarantee at signing? That's what a healthy Tua can, can look like after this offseason happens. So plenty of, uh, look, the quarterback money's not stopping. That's, it feels cliche for me to say this because I, I, I sit and stare at this stuff every single day. But if you haven't, if you, if you don't understand where we've gone just in the past three seasons, where basically we were 18 million a year and now we're 51, it's nuts, all right? It's NBA-like, it's not stopping, right? We've got a good crop of young guys getting themselves ready for extensions over the next two to three off seasons. We've got maybe three to four more coming this draft that could be ready in three more seasons, right? That's the beauty of this thing. That's the beauty of this rookie wage scale. We kind of know when it's coming. We can budget for it and we can identify which players should be able to continue to push this thing forward. Will there be a breaking point? I'm not ready to talk about that yet because the cap is flexible. You want to talk about fully guaranteed contracts starting to make the, uh, uh, you, know, you know, become a trend in this league. That's when things are going to change. That's when it's going to be, we're guaranteeing you, so we're not going to pay you that top AAV anymore, which is really an overrated stat anyway. But until we get to that point, 
you know, maybe Lamar is sticking out for that. Maybe he wants that three for one forty fully guaranteed. Until that happens, it's just going to be high AV and slightly higher guarantees, which is what we saw today with Jalen Hurts. Okay, I'll be back to the writing board for this week. Uh, newsletter tomorrow, and back at it with some baseball and some basketball updates on the next edition of the Spot Track Podcast. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Chinetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Track Podcast. <laughs>